Chapter Eighteen: Depoliticization, the Political, by Eric Swinghadal. The political is the contest of public terrain where different imaginings of possible socio-ecological orders compete over the symbolic and material institutionalization of these visions. Indeed, the terrain of struggle over political ecological futures. A terrain that makes visible and perceptible the heterogeneous views and desires that cut through the social body, and how to achieve this is precisely what constitutes the terrain of the political. The political refers, therefore, to a broadly shared public space, an idea of living together, and signals the absence of a foundational or essential point in nature, the social science, the cultural or in political philosophy. On which to base a polity or a society, the political is an imminent domain of agonistic practice. Transformative politics in the direction of degrowth therefore require particular forms of politicization adequate to the situation the world is currently in. However, while the normative view of the need for degrowth. Substantiates its claims on the basis of the analysis of the entropic energetic imbalances of capitalist metabolisms of nature, and the socio-ecological inequalities and conflicts that inhere in these processes. The transformation of a growth to a degrowth-based socio-ecological configuration has to extend its concern from scientific and social arguments to consider the political. I consider politics or policymaking, in contrast to the political, to refer to the power plays between political actors and the everyday choreographies of negotiating, formulating, and implementing rules and practices within a given institutional and procedural configuration, in which individuals and groups pursue their interests. Politics, then, in the forms of the institutions and technologies of governing. And the tactics, strategies, and power relations related to conflict intermediation and the furthering of particular partisan interests, contingently institute society, and give society some unstable form and temporal coherence. Politics as public management stands in contrast to the political as the sphere of agonistic dispute and struggle over the environments we wish to inhabit, and on how to produce them. There is a tendency for the first to secure and ultimately disavow or foreclose the former. This process is marked by a colonization of the political, by politics or the sublimation of the political, by replacing it with community, as an imagined undivided unity, a particular sociological imaginary of the people, as nation, ethnic group, or other social category, organization, management. Good governance. In the current depoliticizing neoliberal climate, the public management of things and people is hegemonically articulated around a naturalization of the need for economic growth, the unquestioned mobilization of market relations and forces as the only possible mode of accessing, transforming, and distributing transformed nature. And capitalism as the only reasonable and possible form of organization of socio-natural metabolism. This foreclosure of the political, in terms of at least recognizing the legitimacy of dissenting voices and positions, constitutes a process of depoliticization. 
In other words, depoliticization takes the form of the increasing domination of a series of interrelated managerial and technical forms of governance aimed at maintaining and nurturing growth and understood as the uninterrupted accumulation of economic wealth. For example, the dominant ecological concern today is one whereby sustainable development refers primarily to the mobilization of technical and institutional configurations like the Kyoto Protocol to mitigate climate change, whereby the aim is to make ecological concerns compatible with a capitalist growth-based economy so that nothing really has to change. The wider framework of neoliberal growth is in itself not contestable. Consider, for example, how the post-2008 crisis was governed by the assembled national and international elites in ways that permitted the survival and ultimate strengthening of the accumulation process and restoration of economic growth. It is precisely this condition that disavows or rather forecloses the agonistic appearance of dissenting voices or alternative visions that many have come to identify with post-democratic forms of managing the existing order. It is a process marked by the twin imperatives of the depoliticization of the economy, i.e. neoliberal capitalism cannot be disputed within the existing registers of dominant politics, and the economization of politics, i.e. rendering every domain of public concern subject to market rule and economic calculus. The challenge for politicizing degrowth, then, is to think and practice the re-emergence of the political in an age of post-democratic depoliticization. The political cannot be suppressed indefinitely. It returns invariably as an imminent practice that revolves around the tropes of emergence, insurrection, equality, and theatrical staging of egalitarian being in common. The re-emergence of the political unfolds through a procedure of interruption in the state of the situation. A riot, a rebellion, an insurgency, or the politicized staging of new practices of being in common. It is always specific, concrete, particular, but stands as the metaphorical condensation of the universal. This procedure implies the production of new egalitarian material and discursive socio-ecological specialities within and through the existing specialities of the existing order. It asserts the senses as the base for politics and operates through the reappropriation of space and the production of new socio-ecological qualities and new socio-ecological relations. Examples of such emergent forms of embryonic repoliticization can be discerned in the variegated insurgent activism and proliferating manifestations of radical discontent, such as the Indignados in Spain, the Occupy movement, and a range of other insurgencies, as well as by the fledgling degrowth movement and assorted other activist mobilizations articulated around more equitable, socially inclusive, and ecologically more appropriate sensibilities. What marks these hesitant returns of the political is precisely that these movements operate outside the registers of actually existing, democratic or otherwise, 
policy making or politics. In other words, politicization operates, as Miguel Abensur argues, at a distance from the state. Moreover, the claims and demands voiced by such new political agents stage a claim for equality in a context whereby unequal socio-ecological conditions prevail. In a context of neoliberal depoliticization, a repoliticization of socio-ecological matters requires urgent and strategic thought. First, rather than embracing the postmodern obsession with identitarian politics and celebrating the diversity of possible modes of being, or celebrating the micropolitics of dispersed resistances and individualized alternative practices, it is important to foreground division and exclusion and emphasize the political act and the fidelity to a political truth procedure that necessitates taking sides while aspiring to universalization. The latter refers to a politicizing process whereby everybody is invited in, although by no means all will accept the invitation. Insurgent egalitarian performances, if they are to be effective, transgress the fantasy of the sort of acting that calls upon resistance as a positive injunction. The act of resistance, I have to resist the process of, say, unlimited growth, new liberalization, globalization or capitalism, or otherwise the city, the world, the environment, the poor will suffer, just answers the call of power in its post-democratic guise. Resistant acting is actually what is invited, but leaves the police order intact. Politics understood merely as rituals of resistance is doomed to fail politically. Resistance and nurturing conflict, as the ultimate horizon of many social movements, has become a subterfuge that masks what is truly at stake, i.e. the inauguration of a different socio-ecological post-capitalist order. Therefore, and second, attention needs to turn to the modalities of repoliticization. Repoliticization as an intervention in the state of the situation that transforms and transgresses the symbolic orders of the existing condition marks a shift from the old to a new situation, one that cannot any longer be thought of in terms of the old symbolic framings. Politicization is thus about inaugurating practices that lie beyond the symbolic order of the existing post-democratic arrangement and, therefore, would necessitate transformation in and of the existing order to permit symbolization to occur. The most promising politicizing moments of the degrowth movement reside precisely in sustaining and nurturing such tactics. Third. The proper response to the injunction by the elites to undertake action to design the new, to be creative in a new liberal sense, to be different, is the refusal to act. Time after time, the population is invited to act in certain ways, to recycle waste, to reduce ecological footprints, sustaining the myth that such individualized consumer practices will nudge the socio-ecological order in a more equitable and ecologically sensible direction, while in fact making sure that nothing really happens. Such refusal to act is also an invitation to think, or rather to think again. There is an urgent task that requires the formation of new egalitarian imaginaries or fantasies 
and the resurrection of emancipatory thought that has been censored, scripted out, suspended. All this centers on rethinking equality politically, i.e. thinking equality not as a sociologically verifiable concept or procedure that permits opening a policy arena which will remedy the observed inequalities, utopian normative moral, sometime in a utopian future, but as the axiomatically given and presupposed, albeit contingent, condition of the democratic political, equality appears in its performative staging. One should insist on the equality of each and all in their capacity to take active part in the production of life in common in an egalitarian and free manner. Achieving this requires, foremost, the radical politicization of the manner through which we organize access, transformation and distribution of socio-ecological things and services. Indeed, traversing consensual elite fantasies requires the intellectual and political courage to imagine radically the collective production of equitable and common socio-ecological spatialities. It also requires the inauguration of new political trajectories of living life in common and, most importantly, the courage to choose, to take sides, to declare fidelity to the eco-libertarian practices already prefigured in some of the place moments that mark the emergent political landscapes of which the degrowth movement is an integral part. In that sense, we have to reclaim socio-ecological eco-libertarian practices as an utmost necessity for today. Degrowth and egalitarian democratization are indeed of necessity interlinked.